One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a promise. You made a promise to God through your underwear. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I'm John R. Bray. This week, we are tackling the topic of making commitments and promises to our children, or even to other people in our life, and what that means in terms of keeping those commitments, and what happens when we can't, and what that means for us, and what that means for them. And what qualifies as a commitment or promise, and I guess how that changes based on the audience. That's a, that's a good way to frame that because there have been many times where I've <laughs> made a commitment to my child in hopes of comforting her and then realizing, oh, wow, I just made that promise. Right. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I think you don't really consider the language you're using. You know, you, you might say the word promise or you might phrase it in such a way that they interpret it to mean, you know, written in stone when that's not how you necessarily meant it and maybe not how an adult would take it. Right. And then you're kind of backed into a corner. Has this happened recently for you? It has. I was <laughs> I was thinking about that because I was gone over the weekend. I was actually in San Francisco over the weekend. And I came back. I was out there for the big storms that rolled through and just were torrential rain and amazing winds. And as a result, naturally, my return trip was delayed. Oh. You know, every time I would talk to Lexton, I would say, yes, I'm going to be home at this time. So I promise I'll be there to say goodnight. And then it's delayed and I'm not going to be there to say goodnight. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll get home late, but I'll pick you up in the morning for school. No problem. Promise. And then I get home at, you know, two 30 in the morning and I'm completely beat and his grandparents end up taking him to school. And it's not a big thing like a big issue. And even for me, it's kind of, you know, I just shrug it off, but he was super disappointed because I said I would be there mm -hmm. and he knows, I mean, he gets that it's the weather that I didn't choose it, but it's in his mind, it was still this commitment to be there. Right. That I didn't uphold. You didn't follow through. Right. And even though, and, and I should have known because I'm relying on the weather and an airplane that I can't promise that. Mm -hmm. But again, I just, I said it and then it's locked in his brain forever. And it's kind of an awkward place to be. It is as we, I think that you and I feel a very, a sense of um, obligation toward the mental health of our children, like because of everything that's gone on and um, providing us a, a, a sense of safety for them. And when you make a promise or some or some something similar to that and don't follow through that it's oh no i'm now compounding um the pain that they've been through is that what you experienced yeah and i think part of that in my own mind is probably being exaggerated like i'm making myself worry about it you know unnecessarily but there is part of that i mean we've talked before that that we're both kind of foundational for our kids and you know the stable place the rock and then when I feel like I put that position in jeopardy, even in a minor way, it just seems like a tremendous failure to me. Right. Like I should have known better. He counts on me for this. I, I didn't come through. And I think, I mean, a big part of that is just because of the situation itself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're his rock. Yes. Yeah. When I was with my friend Kristen a few times, I've been there several times now in Southern California, which is my favorite place on earth and I've traveled the world. And if there were one place I could live, I would go right back to Los Angeles. I think we were joking and she was like, you know, there is a job open at this, this place over here. And I was like, Oh man, that'd be awesome if we could move back here. And Lita was Lita overheard this conversation. And I noticed that she, she started acting really weird. And so I pulled her aside and she, I could tell there was this panic in her eyes. And she's like, please tell me that we're not going to move. Please, 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 please. And immediately I was like, oh, Lita, that was just a, an offhanded joking remark. We're not going to move. 
we're not going to move. That's not, we're, we're not going to move. We're going to stay. She's like, please promise me, promise me, promise me that we're going to stay in Utah. Promise me. So I have made that promise to her that we are going to stay in Utah. And so far, I've been able to keep that promise. Those are, they're people who are like, never say never. Oh, yeah. Have I, am I tempted to move? <laughs> oh, man, this, this winter has really clobbered me already. And we're not even a month into it. But I, I owe this to my child. I mean, I say that. Eh. But like, I do feel very obligated to keep her safe in that. And remaining in Utah is really important to her. Do you regret the promise, though? I don't regret it because, I mean, you should have seen the panic in her face. Having home here and having her friends and having this place that she knows is home is really important in terms of her well-being. And so far, I have been able to live up to that. And I and I do everything that I can to make sure that I live up to that. That's one of the, I mean, I say I stay for my mom, but I really do stay here because Lita so desperately wants this feeling of safety. Yeah. Yeah. And probably now more than ever. I mean, when, when you and John were still together, I think there's still a desire for kids to stay in place because it's mm-hmm. it's familiar. Especially when you have family nearby, like there's that draw. Yes. But when there's such a big change, there is that comfort of the same school, family's close, I know this house, I know my friends, and moving would change absolutely everything. When she visits New York, New York is a very different experience. When they go, they they stay in much smaller quarters. New York has a very different energy than Utah. There's a lot of walking there's not a lot of downtime. And I think to her, she associates Utah with the pace that she's that she's used to. But I'm like, Lita, we could go to LA and it'd be warm. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would be warm. We could we could celebrate Christmas in flip-flops, Lita. But, you know, I just um that is you know, there's been I I, I actually like this idea of making promises and, and keeping to them with our children. Um and then the circumstances arise where you're like, oh, shit, this happened. <laughs> what do I do? How do I how do I say this? Yeah. You know, it's hard. I mean, I understand like in the situation with Lita, making that promise was basically necessary mm-hmm. because if you were to say, you know, I don't know if we're going to move, the panic is just through the roof and would probably remain there in some form or another indefinitely. Because she would never know if you were going to move. We would have ruined the vacation we were on. And then months and months and months and probably even now, a year later, she would have, she would still be considering in her head, you know, the discombobulation of it. Yeah. But it, it is hard too, though, as, as an adult and a parent, you know, sometimes things just change in ways that aren't necessarily in your control. And then you run into that hard thing where you have to move, maybe not even to LA, let's just say you had to move somewhere else and you're going to get hit with the, but you promised. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets really tricky because you did promise and you promised and intended to keep that promise. And in some situations, you just can't. It's out of your control. And then you have to have an adult conversation, which is easier to do with, with, I think, our older children is to say, circumstances have, have change that are outside of my control. Right. And you have to emphasize that things have changed that are outside of my control. And this is happening. But as this is happening, I can make some other promises to you (laughs) that will make you feel better. (laughs) Like, I can ensure you that we will find, you know, this, this and this and this to make things easier. Um, This is not me saying that I'm moving to Los Angeles. This is this is just... (laughs) Just a, an example. There's also like, I remember when I first had to have the discussion with Lita about sex. <laughs> um, oh I know that's a wild change of subject, but um, when I first had to have that conversation with her, it was an unexpected, sudden, oh shit, I have to have this conversation with her right now. I don't want to reveal the circumstances around which it happened, but I, I sat down with her and I looked at her and I said, you can always come to me when you have a question about this or you are concerned about it or you think you may have done something wrong or weird. You can always come to me to talk about it and I will not be mad at you. I will not 
be mad at you. You can always come to me with questions about this, regardless of where those questions are coming from, and I will not be mad at you. I did that because I want to create a safe space for her to come to be able to talk about this very important topic. Right. And because I made that promise to her, she has come to me several times, um, including once when she accidentally, and I don't know how it got through, maybe it was because it was a cartoon, she was searching for something in this, like, Japanese anime sex cartoon popped up on her iPod. (laughs) She felt terrible about it. And we were on my way to my mother's cabin, and I I could tell something was wrong. And when we got to my mom's cabin a couple hours away, I said, are you okay? And she's like, you promised me that you wouldn't be mad. I'm like, I promise. And she told me about it. And and I'm so glad that she did. Um, But I think, and there have been some circumstances where it's like, okay, Heather, you can't get mad at her. You can't get mad at her because you promised that this was going to be a safe zone here for her to come and talk to you about it. That's when sort of the parental like, okay, Heather, like, I know you're worried or, you know, we need to fix certain controls on certain things, but like, keep your, keep your shit together. And that is way easier said than done in those situations (laughs) because there's, there will come a point where she's going to come to you and it's fine, but she's going to come to you with something and your like gut reaction is going to be to freak out. Yes. But you're going to have to catch yourself and not. And I, I completely agree with that stance. I think it makes sense because otherwise she's not going to talk to anybody. She's not going to talk to anybody. And that's no good. Right. I don't know. Growing up, my dad always said, um, we'll go right from sex to drinking because why not? <laughs> he used to say, you know, he didn't, he didn't encourage drinking underage, um, but he knew he couldn't prevent it. And he, he would always say, if you need a ride... I would rather you call me even if it's two in the morning than drive or get a ride with someone who's been drinking. And he said, you won't be in trouble. Nothing bad will happen, but I'd rather you call. Mm -hmm. And I had to do that once. And it was no questions asked, not even like the next day. It was just no questions asked because I took that initiative and I, I only did it once. So it wasn't that I abused it, but I felt with that offer there that I was able to, whereas had that not been made or had it been a, a staunch you better not drink or I'll kick your ass policy, I probably would have found a much less safe way home. Yes. And when you create that, it's I think it's helpful. And that's a kind of controversial way of approaching things because it seems as if your father is condoning underage drinking. Right. And what he's doing is like, listen, you're going to make stupid choices. You're going to make stupid choices. And when you make those stupid choices, let's make sure you don't die. Right. Let's not just compound them with additional stupid choices. Yeah. And I'm not going to reveal the identity of this, but there's also like, I'll just say within my family, like, it's just like, does this certain individual understand contraception? Okay. We may not agree with what this individual is, is, is uh, involved in, but we need to make sure that this individual is aware of contraception because if she's making stupid choices, let's make sure that she doesn't end up with a disease. She, <laughs> I just revealed that. <laughs> Let's make this sure that this person doesn't end up with a disease or pregnant. Right. Which is like, wait a minute, but we're condoning. And it's like, listen, this person is an adult and is making their own decisions. And, but we at least need to make sure they're aware of like things to protect them from certain things. Exactly. And I mean, it comes back to, you know, do you teach sex ed or do you teach abstinence? And, you know, I think we're both obviously on the same page that you can't, you can't stop everything. So the best solution is to acknowledge that things are going to happen, but we have to make things as safe as possible. And I think that just applies to so many different situations. Yes. But it does come back to, hey, listen, I'm not going to be mad at you. And then when you're in that situation, you can't get mad. Yes. Uh Which I, I think... It's also acceptable to say, okay, I need to step away for a minute and then lose your shit somewhere else and then come back to it because it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's unavoidable. Life comes at you fast and you got to keep the ground underneath you, man. God, I know. But it is, I think that, that example with Lita is a great example because it really shows how important those promises and commitments are. You know, you made that promise to her and she came to you the first time 
and you upheld that. And she came to you the second time and you upheld that. And she continues to come to you because of that promise. Mm-hmm. Whereas if she had come to you the first time and you freaked out, that would have been it. I, I think that's one of the big reasons that I feel so bad when I have to break a promise because I know how how significant they are, even if it's a minor promise. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've talked about moving with Lexton before, not even like across the country, but just moving either to a neighboring town or the same town, but a different house. And he gets really nervous every time I talk about it, partially because he likes where I live, but also because he likes that it's consistent, that he knows the house, that he knows the place, that it it's not changing. And all I've promised him is that, you know, things things will happen and sometimes changes need to happen, but I promise to keep you aware of what's happening rather than just you wake up one day and, hey, we're moving. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're probably going to move. So let's talk about it. And I think even that promise, even though it's still very broad, provides some sort of relief. The rug isn't going to get pulled out from under me. I might not necessarily like the change, but at least I'll know it's coming and why. Right. I think that's the the rug getting pulled out from underneath them. I think that is what we're trying to avoid with our kids constantly. Yeah. Families with without separation or divorce are still do this with their kids but especially those of us who where our kids have experienced this kind of upheaval in their lives you're like okay i just want to minimize like this is why i still walk marlo into her class every day you know i'm one of the only parents in her class who does this but she's been through a lot in the last few years and she still has a little bit of anxiety about going into school herself and i so i still walk her into school every day just to minimize the upheaval. Yeah. I've talked to her therapist and her therapist is like, this is fine. Let's support next year. The goal will be to, you know, she gets out of the car and goes in by herself. But it's a transition. Yeah. Rather than just all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think making those promises and commitments makes a lot of sense because it's almost like tacking down that rug. Like they say, okay, well he, he promised or she promised. So this is going to be okay. Right. And it, but it's a slippery slope because then it's really easy to overuse that and make too many promises and then break too many promises and then a promise is nothing. And then a promise is nothing. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's kind of what it becomes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I hate breaking. I mean, this is kind of tangential, but I hate having to deal with the fallout of other people's promises being broken. Again, even when they're, even when they're minor. You know, even when it's something that maybe shouldn't have been promised, but just that was the word that came out. And then there's that whole. And you having to deal with the fallout. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. There's just so many layers to it. There's so many layers. The undergarment, there's like the Mormon underwear, and then you got your shirt on top of that. Then you got your sweater, then your winter coat. (laughs) The Mormon underwear, like the long underwear? No, you know what the Mormon underwear is, the heavenly underwear? No. What? Oh, come on. You know about... (laughs) You know about the planet. You don't know about the underwear? No, I do know about the planet, but I definitely don't know about the underwear. You don't? Okay. Huh? <laughs> so Mormons. There's like a Mormon lesson in every episode. Every episode. I think it's a trend. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go through the temple and you do the temple ceremonies inside the temple, you are then given underwear that you wear against your skin. It's uh, it's not very thick. It's kind of a, you can get them, I think, in cotton and in silk. And I think that comes in different varieties, textures. Uh, but it's worn, it's worn against your skin. Like you have to wear your bra over it. Okay. And your underwear over it. Okay. Uh, and it it's to remind you, it has symbols on it. It has symbols on the top and on the bottom to remind you of the commitments that you made to Heavenly Father. And they're long and they have sleeves so that all of your clothing has to cover the underwear. You're not supposed to ever have your underwear showing. They're called garments. Oh, my God. Garments. So long <laughs> as in like pants and long no, sleeve shirts? Like, like they come down to your knees. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. It prevents it prevents you from wearing like, like uh, tank tops as well because tank tops would reveal the garment. Gotcha. So it covers the sacred parts yes. of the body. Okay. And this is the reminds you of the commitments that you made to God and um, you sleep in them. You put them on right after you shower. That's the sort of thing. I think I, – I don't think that you have to play sports in them, but right after sh- you shower, after playing a sport, you need to put them back on. 
I never went through the temple, so I never owned garments. They're like a gift from the church. They give them to you. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm sure that if you needed them to be gifted to you, they would, but you have to go and buy them. Okay. And you have to buy quite a few pair because you wear them all the time and they the wear and tear, you know. Wow. How do we get in? How do we move to this? I, You know, I'm not entirely, oh, because this is a multi-layered issue. And that's oh, yeah. one of the layers that you wear. But like you said, it's a promise. You made a promise <laughs> mm-hmm. to God through your underwear. And when you when you break that promise, you ask for forgiveness, which I think is something that, you know, doing with your children isn't a bad thing. Like when I lose it and I have a very weak moment as a parent, I will apologize to my children and ask them to forgive me. I have done that. Oh, I've done that too. And for me, it's like modeling the behavior like I've made a mistake and I own up to that and I am so sorry. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to be wrong. Like you're you're apologizing for it, but it's not like you're now a terrible person forever. You acknowledge it and it's okay to be wrong and okay to admit that you were in the wrong. Mm-hmm which is huge, as long as you don't promise to never do it again, because then you're probably going to fail. <laughs> I know. It's like, I can't promise that I'm not going to completely lose my shit. But. But I promise I'll apologize every time I do. Mm-hmm. It's it's just hard to assess, too, I think, the magnitude of you know what a broken promise has done. And that's why I said if you do it a lot, then it just loses its significance. Because I think the minor ones, they don't really matter in the long run. But I always wonder, you know, this is the third time I've I've said I promise this and I haven't been able to deliver. So now does it matter? Like now is it starting to be noticed? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And I don't really want to like address it and highlight it if it's really a minor issue. But at the same time, if it is something that's really bothering him, you know, I want to talk about it. And you know, with me being late coming back from a trip, I really don't think in the big picture that it's a big deal. No, I th- what I think is a big deal is that we are we are there for them consistently. Like we're we're there for our children, and I think in the long run that sticks with them more than the fact that you were unable to be there for him in the morning. I think the fact that you're there consistently and you've made the commitment, and he knows that you've made that commitment overall, like that is what is sticking with him. Yeah, I think in the big picture that. You know, he's old enough to be at that point where he gets it. You know, he knows shit happens. Even if he doesn't like it, he knows that shit happens. Yeah. But I think it's different with, like, Marlo at her age, at least to some degree, because the reasoning is not as sound. Yeah, they really haven't had to make too many commitments to Marlo just yet. It gets more complicated as they become more reasonable human beings um, and, and can decipher, like, wait a minute, if we move, then I... I'm not going to be at my school or be around my friends. Like that makes sense to Lita where Marlo was just like, wait a minute. I just want my bed. Right. <laughs> like it's <laughs> right. But yeah, again, I think it's just the fact that we are. So for instance, I was invited to go spend several days on a Mediterranean Island at the beginning of February. Oh man, my life. And I looked at the calendar and it was going to be over Lita's birthday. I came back and I said, well, I could leave after her birthday, but then it would be 20 hours of travel there, three days on the ground, and then 20 hours of travel back. My mother was like, you know, the kids will be fine. You need this break. And I was like, you know what? No, 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 I'm not going to do this because I need, I don't know. I feel, especially right now with some stuff that's going on with Lita, I, I really need to be here for her. And I've made a commitment to my kids that I was going to travel less. And you know what? It's more important for me to be here, especially around her birthday, than it is for me to go on a trip like that. It's a commitment that I made, and I'm going to follow through with that. So, yeah, I am not going to be going to the Mediterranean. But honestly, snowy Utah is probably better anyway. Oh, God, I mean, this is so bad. It's so bad. Like, it's so bad that, like, most people that I know who are skiers are like, this is shitty. <laughs> like, even the skiers are like, ugh, because you have to come home from the mountain and you have to live down in, in this shit. It's just this nonstop rain, snow, sleet, like, inversion, fog. 
Like we haven't seen sun in weeks. It's just like, what? Ugh. I don't know. At least you have, I mean, it's cold and gray, but at least you have something to show for it, like snow. Yeah. We're just cold. The snow is gone. It's just miserably cold. And that's shit. Like everything is dead. <laughs> everything is gray. I don't know. If it's going to be winter, I at least want snow. I want something or I'd rather have it be warmer. Mm-hmm. Like in the Mediterranean. Like even my mom, even my mom was like, I'm moving. I'm moving. And I was like, mom, if you move, I have to break my commitment to my child. Mom. That's right. <laughs> my mom is so fed up with it. My mom, who doesn't complain about anything, was just like, ah, I can't take this anymore. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Is it? But it's like that like every winter, right? No. I mean, like, last Last winter was pretty bad, just in the sense that it snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed. The winter before that, we got very little snow, which we were fine with, like, fine. We don't, it doesn't get that cold in Utah, not like it does where you are. Okay, so it's fairly mild, even in the winter, like, what, Uh, 20s, 30s? It's 20s, 30s, and it's a dry cold. Okay. You know, it's very different than when you step off a plane in into humid cold. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my childhood, and I remember it, and I just remember, oh, bone chilling. But, like, we braced, like, we were like, what is this winter going to be like? We don't know. And now we're on to the topic of winter. Oh, ours has been garbage. When I left for California, it was zero degrees. (sighs) And people would ask me, like, what was the temperature? I'm like, oh, zero. And you get this blank stare, like, what? Like, yeah, there was no temperature. It was just brutal and awful. There was, was no oh, temperature. Well, you have a lot of snow. The temperature no. didn't exist. <laughs> There's no point in even telling you because it was that fucking cold. And then I'm out there and it's, you know, 50 and everyone's bundled. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, God. I could, shorts, T-shirt. Let's do this. This is fine. Lita, I think, is just a quint. Well, she's not quintessential in the sense that she doesn't really do winter sports like a lot of her peers. Okay. Um, like I've never taught them. I didn't teach them to ski because I don't ski. And I I really, as much as I did enjoy snowboarding, it's been a very long time since I went snowboarding. And I, the idea of driving up and putting on those clothes and doing all of that right now, uh-uh. No, I'm not going to go do it, right? Which is kind of the point. This is, people point this out to me all the time. Like, you live in Utah and you don't take advantage of that. And I think the mountains are beautiful. I like to hike in them in the summer. I think that's amazing. But being purposefully cold and flying down a mountain and then going to potentially die, um, which I have done several occasions. I have been on the back of a ski patrol sled more than once in the body bag. In the body bag. In the body bag, literally. So so Lita doesn't do the winter sports, but she is kind of a quintessential Utah kid in that it's it's not a denial of, of the weather. It's just sort of, well, yeah, this is what Utah is. So what? I know it's snowy outside, but I am just going to wear these tights and I'm going to put on my tennis shoes and wear this very, very, very flimsy jacket. And I'll say, dude, look outside. There is snow on the ground. What are you doing? Why are you not wearing your boots? I don't want to wear my boots, mom. I hate wearing my boots at school. So it's just a total disregard. Yeah. And like, and then when literally it'll warm up to maybe 50 degrees and everybody puts on shorts and flip flops. <laughs> That's Utah. Utah's well, like, whoa, yeah. it's 50 degrees. Awesome. <laughs> 
It's hard when it goes from one extreme to the other. And so I've I've raised a, a Utah kid. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Seriously, I, I get so upset when the accent comes out in them. And I shouldn't. It'll be there forever too. Mountain. Mountain. Oh, mountain. Oh, there you go. That's how you, you Utahns drop the T in their words. Well, there's, there's a lot of them around, so it's just more efficient. <laughs> I mean, I don't really use that word that often, so I can I can add the T. It's okay. Although Midwesterners have their own unique way anyway, so it's not that I'm immune from any sort of embarrassing accent, unfortunately. None of us are, right? None of us are immune from our accents, but like the Utah accent is re- And then I realized, I know we're going completely off the subject, but that's what this podcast is called. That's right. Um... I noticed recently that, well, there's two, there's a couple of, well, there's several, you know, col- there's there's several pieces of language that are very uh, Utahan. Utahns like to say on that at the end of their sentences. Where do you, are you going to take care of that on that? What? Yeah. What the hell does it even mean? Um... I, I I don't know. They just add on that to the end of a lot of sentences where it's just, um, what did you think about that on that? Oh, my God. That would drive me nuts. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of like, it, yeah, it's on that. So they, they do that. And then they they say this. They'll be in the middle of a sentence. They'll, in the middle, of, they'll say, say the sentences. So I was going to the store to buy some groceries. So I was going to the store. I was going to the store. Are you even kidding me? To buy some groceries. What? How do you Are even you follow that, though? Me? Are you kidding me? Oh, and it's wow. just like that. It has that sing-song, Are you kidding me? And I just recently noticed, like, wait a minute. I am noticing it all, all the time now. Whoa. Everybody here says that. And I've been here for a long time. And, like, just recently that I recognized, maybe it's because I don't hang out with a lot of people who were born and raised here. And recently I have. And it's, like, are you kidding me? You... <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I mean, you know, there's like the the classic, I mean, I think it's associated more with Canada, but the A, you know, E-H, it's a good day, you know, like a? that. Yeah. And it exists in northern Minnesota, northern Michigan, northern Wisconsin, and I hate it. I hate it. And do growing up. It? Well, growing up, I, I used to make fun of it and hate it and think that it was just ridiculous. And one, I think I was, I had come down to Chicago just for a trip and I realized all of a sudden that I don't do it, but I just modified it to be hey instead of a, and I would add it to almost every sentence I spoke. That was a good meal. Hey, all the time, like fucking every sentence. And someone pointed it out to me. And they're like, why, why, do you, why do you add that? And I didn't even realize I did it. It was like a, a cool hip spin on A. And I hate A Did you, so you didn't much. even know you were doing a cool hip spin on it? No, it was just like my modified version of it. And I, I know so well that it exists. I mean, you can buy bumper stickers for the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And they just read, say ya to the UPA. <laughs> that's that's what it is. And I can't stand it, but I would do it all the time. Every so often it will still slip out. And say ya. Yeah. Say ya yeah to yeah da to... da. <laughs> say ya yeah to da upa. Yeah. I'm not fixing to do that. That's for sure. <laughs> but you get like this awesome blend of Tennessee plus Utah. Yes. Which is pretty great. I find myself sometimes saying on that. It's just like it infiltrated my vocabulary on that. That one I don't I don't even understand though. At least with A or hey, it like it just turns everything into an automatic question. But I don't get on that. I, I don't know I, what it it's means. It's just a way of to like I don't know, it's something to add to the end of the sentence to sort of like mm, on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you don't know how else to end it, just on that. Yeah. Weird. It just covers everything on that. And do your girls do that on that? They they don't. They do drop their T's. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, dropping the T's is a serious, serious, serious concern. We should have an entire episode where we just talk, you know, Upper Peninsula of Michigan and Utah the whole time. Like I said, I have a, I can, I can try to like mimic certain accents and I slip into people's accents when I'm speaking to them. The Utah accent is hard. It's really hard to pin down because it's so, you have to be listening to it and it is so nasally and really, really up in your head. And it comes with this, it's a, it comes with this um, white, pure Mormon feeling to it that is really hard to replicate unless you are that. A white, pure Mormon feeling. White, pure, white, pure Mormon, like, appreciate you. That's a very, very Mormon Utah. Appreciate you. Sure do appreciate you. Sure do appreciate you coming out to the Relief Society meeting today. Um, and it's really right up there in the, in the head, and it's hard to replicate. Um, I, I can't do it. All I can say is they say that, and they say on that, and they drop their T's, and... It doesn't <laughs> Are bother you, you kidding at all. me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I think the best part of that is the sing-songy approach to it, though. Like that that kind of adds some charm. Yeah. Until until I stop and I'm like, why are you saying that? Why are why are you doing that in the middle of the sentence? Like four times in a row now. There we go. But Which is think of how often it happens that you don't even notice though, because you experience it so much. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really notice, you know, the accent that I left or had until I would start to go back to Michigan from Chicago. And then you, I'd hear it, and I'm like, oh, my God, did people always talk like this? And I just <laughs> didn't know. Did I sound like that? Maybe I still do, and I just don't hear it in my own voice. I don't know. You know, some sometimes I will hear someone with a southern accent, and I will know that they are from the Mid-South, Mid-South being Memphis and around there. Because the, the Mid-South Southern accent is very different from your traditional Southern accent. And I will know immediately, like, wait a minute, are you from, like, Arkansas or, like, Mississippi or Tennessee, like, the western side of Tennessee? And, like, yeah, how did you know? And it's, like, because your Southern accent is very specific. Like, I'm super into linguistics. I love I love linguistics and I love language and I love studying language. And that to me was fascinating when I came out to Utah and whenever run into anybody that was from around where I grew up, I could tell immediately because their Southern accent is distinct. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I would even be able to pinpoint that. And it makes me a little sad that my kids won't grow up with, with knowing or having, or speaking weirdly. <laughs> I guess, I guess speaking with a Utah accent is a little bit weird, but not as weird as when you show up to an interview and you're twanging like I do, you know, twang, 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 twang. I told you this, I'm sure I've said this many, many times, but I remember sitting across from my bishop when I was a <laughs> junior in, at BYU and I sat down, it was one of those initial, I don't remember what it was for, and he was the chair of the Italian and French departments. The dean, excuse me, the dean of the Italian and French departments. And he's in his suit and his bow tie. And um, he grew up in West Memphis, Arkansas, which is right across the river from Memphis. And I remember sitting down next to across from him and talking. And we were talking about growing up in the South. And I said, why don't you have, like, what happened to your accent? And he said, oh, I'm educated. What? Yeah. <laughs> As in to have an accent is is dumb? <laughs> Yeah. Makes you stupid. He that yeah. He said that to me. Wow. And he was also he was also the bishop who put me on academic probation for not doing my visiting teaching or attending my relief society meetings. But that's another story. But yeah, he told me that the reason he didn't have an accent was because he was educated. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I know I've heard that from people that you know an accent can make someone sound uneducated, mm -hmm. but I've never really understood where that came from. Oh, you dumb Southerners is what it is. You know. I will say this as a personal preference. This is, and it has nothing to do with anything, but I do not find a Southern accent on a man attractive. You don't. I don't. 
Like, would you yeah. not date someone specifically because of that? Well, I did date someone like in my early 20s who had a Southern accent. And there were moments when I was like, oh, my gosh, if he speaks another word, I got to rig up. I can't handle this. <laughs> Wow. And it wasn't a it wasn't a snobby thing. It was like, I just don't think I can handle this. I just I, something's going. So oh, what is this? Well, that was just personal preference. It wasn't that you thought he yeah. was bad because of it. You no, just he was a like great it. guy. He was yeah. a great guy. He was very smart. He just didn't talk real good for you. He just had this really southern accent, just like this. And he would say, "Heather, what are we going to have for dinner?" It was like, oh, oh, ha. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you should go get your own. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Seriously, like the, the third person that kept doing it, I was like, what is going on? Why am I now? It's like when, you, when you're when you shopping for a car and you're like, you know what? I think I want to get a, like a, a red Toyota something. You start seeing red Toyota somethings everywhere. Do you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Or when you buy a car, if you bought a red Toyota, you would see that exact car everywhere on the road. Everywhere. And yeah. so I think now that I realized that someone was doing it constantly, I'm like, is that a Utah thing? And now I'm noticing it everywhere. Which has got to make it's, it even more obnoxious. It's like haunting me. It's like following me. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know entirely how we got to language here, but it worked. It worked. Right? But I do want to jump back because I was meaning to ask this in regards to the non-snowy Mediterranean. You chose not to so that you'd be there for, well, it's multi, multifaceted, right? So you'd be there for her birthday so that you didn't have to travel because you said you weren't going to travel as much. If you were to ask Lita if she was okay with you going, what do you think she would say? She would say, what? You're going to go for how long? Or what? Why? And I would immediately know that it would not be a good idea. And I, she would say, well, is this something that you really want to... She would say, is this something that you really want to do? Because she wants me to be happy and she doesn't want to make waves and she doesn't want to demand too much, right. which is something that I have to learn not to do and something that I need to teach her not to do is like, you know what, your needs are important. And that's what I'm trying to show her with this is like, you know what, your needs are important. She doesn't even know that it was an, it was an option, but... I just realized, you know what, I can't, I can't do this right now. Well, that, that was why I asked, because it sounds like if, if, you, if you really wanted to go or you were just sort of choosing to be less aware of her, she would be okay with it in the sense that she would give you, the, you know, her verbal okay, but she would not be okay with it. Right. She, yeah. Is that because it's her birthday or just in general because you're leaving? In general because I'm leaving. When okay. I had to go to Orlando for two days back in December to go to that board meeting, I was gone less than 36 hours. And the before I left, she was like, but you said you weren't going to travel as much. And I was like, I know. And I haven't traveled in, in months, Lita. And this is the only trip that, I, and I have to go on this trip. And I'm going to be gone for less than 36 hours. And I'm, I'm going to be home. Like she expressed like, but wait, please, please stay home. You know, so. And that that's like, that, that's a good example. Like you, you committed to mm-hmm. not traveling as much. And you've held that commitment yes. by most adult standards. I mean, it's been really months since you've done anything like traveling, especially compared to how you were traveling for a while. But it's almost like in her mind, that means I'm not going to travel again. I'm going to be home indefinitely, which is, which is fine. And I'm sure that she drew that conclusion because that's what she would want. She doesn't want you to travel unless she's with you. Yes. But that's hard. And that's, that really highlights why this is so difficult because you know what you say and what you mean and what they hear and what they think you mean that can be totally different and then you end up breaking promises unintentionally yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to provide a stable ground for this kid and it requires a lot of a lot of balance and sacrifice and deep 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 consideration of of myself and of her and yeah self reflection i guess trying to strike that balance and make promises or not make promises, it gives you a really interesting perspective on what's actually important in your life. Not that you need to make sacrifice absolutely everything all of the time, but it really does put things into perspective. Yeah. You know, and like that Orlando trip, that was that was important. That was with every mother counts. Every mother counts, okay. yeah. So that was a really important 
trip. They're doing really good work, you know, and I think that maybe Lita doesn't necessarily understand the extent of it, but she knows that they're, they're doing good things. It's not like you were going to Orlando for a nightclub opening or something, no. you know, but it does put that in perspective. And then you, then you start to make the choices more selective choices, I guess. Yeah. And more selective promises, maybe hopefully. Well, uh, and a lot of my, uh, like my dog's barking again. I heard that. Um, yeah. My, like some of my friends and even my therapist were like, you really need to get some days away, Heather. Like this would be very, very, very good for you. And like making the decision was not easy for me. And part of it is like, I know that you're supposed to put the gas mask on your, not the gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Put that on yourself first. You're supposed to, you know, put, you're, you're supposed to put the oxygen on yourself first and then take care of your kids. But there, you're also, you've also got to weigh the happiness of your kids too. Like that's your kids' happiness is really important and your kids' stability is really important too. Exactly. But, it, and that's, I feel like I'm always stuck leaning more on one side or the other. Like I can't ever seem to get it perfect because I know that there's a handful of people where if I essentially sacrifice everything so that Lexton's happiness and comfort are there a hundred percent of the time, then those people are happy because that's what I should do. But I also know that if I, you know, if he has to make a few sacrifices so that I can do something for myself, there's a whole nother camp of people that are happy. I did that. Yeah. And you, you can't win even when it's something where, you know, you might be taking a stand and taking a few days for yourself and doing something. And in the big picture, Lita's fine. Lexton's fine. They're okay. But it's not that simple. Either that or we, we overcomplicate it. Maybe it is that simple and we're just overthinking the whole process. We are, people are just like, man, y'all need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Why y'all complicating this shit, man? Stop it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I think there is a lot of truth to that. I mean, it's been, in my case, it's been essentially almost two years since shit just absolutely hit the fan. But I still feel like I have to aim for as close to perfect as possible to make up for it. And I don't know if that mm -hmm. will ever go away. So every time I make a promise and break it, I feel like I'm failing. Like, great, I did this, and now this is this awful downward spiral, and life is garbage. And it's not. I know it's not. But there's a part of me that just, I beat myself up for it, and even though need, I know I should You need to forgive yourself, yeah. Because John, John with, John with the H, you are there for him. You are his rock. You are consistent. And I think that you need to remind yourself of that a lot and give yourself credit for that. That is the most important thing to him. That is probably true. And I do. I, I do give myself credit but i also occasionally kick myself for stupid things we all do oh, we yeah. all do that's one of the joys of parenting for those of you out there that are considering having children it is a life of kicking yourself from time to time you know what parenting uh, I, you know what parenting also does by the way really quickly <laughs> is it provides you just take this whole trip to the mediterranean for instance you you are presented with choices constantly where saying yes or saying no regardless of which you choose you're going to regret it oh yeah <laughs> you're going to yeah. you're going to think okay you know what i'm not going to go on this trip to the mediterranean and then you're going to be like fuck i could be on an island in the mediterranean right now fuck and i'm here in utah and my kid's fine she's fine right but then if i went i'd be sitting in an airport somewhere waiting to catch the next flight going, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is awful. I should be at home. Right. But, you know, there's you're constantly given these choices where sometimes it's like, wait a minute, if I say yes, that's the right that's the right thing to do, but then I will regret not saying, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Or like both options or like each option, you're gonna feel remorse. Exactly. It's a lose-lose and a win-win, like it's all like, in one. It's like stop giving me, stop giving me choices where where I just want to. I want the choice to be like, yes, this is the right answer, and I'm not going to think another thing about it. Or someone to just say, you are going on this trip. This is when you're leaving. This is when you're coming back, and then you can't really feel bad. Cause you're like, well, I didn't have a choice, so I did it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that would be way easier. That's true, though. Yeah, almost every decision. Like, no matter what you pick, 
which I guess, yes, you could argue that it's a matter of perspective and then we're choosing to regret something, but really that's, that's how it goes. You choose for them or you choose for yourself and there's always a regret. Yeah. So that's super uplifting. Mm, super uplifting. We promise you there's always a regret. We're going to lose our health care. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Everything is doomed. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem too far-fetched right now. <laughs> no. The fact that I was able to form sentences today, good lord. Oh yeah. my god. Yep. Good times. Mm-hmm. But despite the unknown and apocalyptic climate, we continue to make promises and occasionally break them and almost always regret something. So, as I sit here and feel guilty about what is probably a minor offense, I'd be interested to to hear our listeners' take on that or if they have maybe some major offenses that still haunt them years later. But yet, they survived and their kids survived. Or maybe they survived their parents' broken promise from years ago. Uh, we definitely like to hear that. So as always, you can email us at stories at manicramblings.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Manic Ramblings. And until next time, are you kidding me on that, eh? Say that right? Are you kidding me on that? Hey, hey, hey. hey. Well, you could do either. <laughs> if you do hey, that's just my own spin okay, I'm, on it. Okay, I'm fixing to end this. I'm fixing to end it. Are you kidding me on that? Hey. <laughs> Perfect. Great piece. Mountain. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.